What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Actors with Issues with me, your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is a Broadway and television actress and singer, Lorna Courtney, who you may have seen in the Broadway productions of Dear Evan Hansen and West Side Story, and most recently in the premiere episode of The Equalizer on CBS, starring Queen Latifah. Lorna, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) <laughs> so you're one of the many actors who has had the uh, the chance to to be back on a set in a post-COVID world. Not necessarily post-COVID because we're still in the middle of it. During COVID, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a word for that? <laughs> There's a pre and a post, but just in COVID, I guess. Right. Um, so what was that experience like? What, um, were you used to self, I'm assuming your audition was a self-tape. Were you used to doing that sort of thing at that point or no? Um, so I've, I've done self tapes before in college, uh, like my senior year to, for like Broadway shows to try and, you know, before I moved to New York. Um, but it's interesting because it was my first television experience. So I don't know anything else other than like during COVID, how the procedures go. Um, but a, a lot of testing coming in, uh, to test, two, three days before you first start. And then you do rapid testing the day of. So it's like, that's the first thing. Like when you get in, you get tested (laughs) and then you go about your daily routine. Uh, Rehearsals are masked. uh, So that's interesting. And um, yeah, the, the only time we don't wear, the actors don't wear masks is when we're actually like filming. Um, but everyone else around us and that works like with actors, yeah. they have to wear masks and shields. So yeah. it's yeah. safe. It it, ma- it makes you feel safe. Yeah, <laughs> the the right precautions are being taken for sure. It's um there was a show I I, I also got to work on on the show um in January, and the the way they wrote the show it takes place during COVID, mm-hmm. so we were reporters wearing masks the whole time. So there wasn't even a concern for like not having it on. Yeah. And that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting too. Like, because this show or that show didn't take place during COVID, but it's so interesting to see TV shows now that take place during this time. (laughs) Yeah. It, it entirely it's so it's just really interesting to see how writers have had to adapt and if like the the studio or the network is like we're gonna be extra safe and we're gonna just do one episode about covid and never right. talk about it again but we're the masks mm-hmm. will be there and um it's also interesting seeing like once you're watching the episodes you're like oh i can see some clear social distancing happening in this shot right. people are so far away from each other Right. In a very unnatural right. way, but it's like, okay, but co- they're during COVID, so it makes sense to, to right. the world of the show. And that's um, what we do. We're actors. Yeah. We adapt. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to go back a little bit to, to where you started. Um, from, from how you described it, you've sort of been all over New York City your entire life. You've been in all boroughs, it looks like, except Staten Island. Um, but <laughs> like a lot of people don't talk about yeah. Staten Island, so we, <laughs> we don't get into it. That's true. Um, Although now but, I'm living pretty close to it. Oh really? Brooklyn, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So, what was it like, sort of growing up in New York City, and and were you sort of coveting or, or imagining going back to New York City, like during college? I know you did leave New York to go to college. In a, yeah. In a long um, question. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. But it it so kids that grow up in New York. I think they grow up a little quick. They grow up fast. They 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 take the subway at, you know, at age like n- not nine by themselves, but like 10, 11, 12. Mm. Um, and they figure out the world. And they, they see things that other kids their age don't see on the street, like, yeah. or at least that often, you know, drugs, homelessness, like just crazy things sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that growing up in New York, definitely, especially growing up without money, it gives you a sort of like hustle about yourself. Like you, 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 you have a drive, an inner mm. drive. Um, and so being raised like in Jamaica, Queens, South Zone Park, um, and then getting the opportunity to go to Manhattan for school, I had 
never really been to Manhattan otherwise, except Harlem to go to my gospel choir. Yeah. <laughs> like, so um, it was, that was kind of life-changing and, and getting to, to study music, but yeah, being surrounded by the arts, that that's, that's really what it's like um, in New York. You're just engulfed in, in cultures, yeah. different cultures, different ways of, of life and music and rhythms. <laughs> yeah. That's something mm-hmm. for sure that I've fallen in love with in New York. Cause you know, it just, it's such a culture shock sometimes when you're from somewhere else and you come to New York, you're like, Oh my God, there's so much art everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's music or like the murals or even just like street art and, and graffiti and, and right. all the different cultures. Like you'll see like an old Jewish lady coming one way and an older Chinese gentleman and, you know, young uh, Hispanic family. And it's just like every, you know, all types We're of all intermingled yeah. and mixed. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, someone, um, reminded me of, of the saying, you know, they talk about New York being a melting pot, but in reality, mm-hmm. it's more of a salad where you've got <laughs> like your tomato and your cucumber and everyone sticks out. Melting pot is kind of makes it seem like it all sort of blends together, but right. totally doesn't. Everything sticks out in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went to the, you went to the fame school, the, the LaGuardia yeah. <laughs> high school. So what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I love high school. It. I did not have a normal high school experience. Like, I feel like in normal high schools, there's like, I don't know, there's like, you see fights and bullying, but instead <laughs> of fighting, we were dancing and singing on yeah. tables. <laughs> it was great. And uh, being in the school musical, like, brought different departments together. So otherwise, we, you know, we had academic classes together we Mm. didn't have our performing arts classes so we were kind of separated by different there was like eight levels in the school like physical levels so like floors yes floors (laughs) so like art students are on the top floor the the music students are all in the basement and the you know so we were all separated but our academic classes and the musical really brought people together which was fun Mm -hmm. and that's where I met Duran and now we're in West Side Story together. <laughs> oh, really? It's crazy. Oh, I, didn't yeah. put that, I didn't put that together. That's so funny. <laughs> Gosh. So um, what kind of shows did you like? Did you guys do like the super ambitious type of shows when you were in high school? Or was it more of the, the so, ones that every high school does? Like, <laughs> I mean, a bit of both. Bit of both. Um, because, you know, they, they do want to be able to, to sell tickets to not only the students, but to outside groups, too. Yep. So they try to to do musicals that people love. But when I was there, um, they did Grease my sophomore year. But at that time I was actually on tour in Japan doing the Mama I Wanna Sing, the gospel mm. musical. And then Casual. my junior year. <laughs> in Japan my 15. Junior year, <laughs> and then, I know. And then my junior year, they we, we did In the Heights, which I love. Mm. love love so much I think that's what really made me like decide that I want to do this yeah and so like literally like Duran and I were both in in the heights and then we were both in uh Beauty and the Beast our senior year Uh (laughs) and then like a couple years later a few years later we're on Broadway together so it's it's a really great way to just like connect with your peers and um to make to make art together and that's what I really loved about going to performing arts school we didn't have any excuse me I mean we did have sports but not really not like a normal high school in the suburbs (laughs) we were really focused on academics and our art form because it was a Mm. Mm pre-conservatory I love that it's uh, it's good that they still do the balance of like academics and the performing arts stuff because once you go to an actual conservatory it's like you're eating sleeping and breathing your your whatever your major is whether it's you oh know, yeah classical voice oh, yeah. We, or dance or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. we our schedule was 8 a.m to the normal school uh like the last period ended at 409 when i was there and then we had our extracurriculars after that so yeah. like the musical would our rehearsals would go until like 10 at night sometimes so we were definitely used to. <laughs> God, I feel like an yeah. old man. I'm like cringing at 10 p.m. rehearsals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to go back a little bit. You did mention you were in um, 
on tour with uh, Mama I Want to Sing. So you toured in Japan at 15. Yeah. What was that experience like? Was your family freaking out in a good way or a bad way? I feel like you either oh, get one or the other. Super happy or like horrified. Was, she, at first, she wouldn't let me go. <laughs> She's like, no. I had to convince yeah. her. But then, you know, once she talked to Mama Vi, the, the head of the Mama Foundation, and also the, the writer and producer of Mama I Want to Sing, when she talked to her, Mama Vi assured her that, you know, that there was going to be tutors on set so that I would get my homework done. Yeah. Um, and, and that she would keep a close eye on me. I was the youngest uh, person on tour that went, but I also knew everyone from, the found, from this uh, foundation, Gospel for Teens. So that also helped. I was comfortable, yeah. yeah. But then again, you know, going to a a foreign country where, I mean, I remember in the airport, I was even confused because I I was so used to seeing like English, you know, in the airports in in the US. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not in America. (laughs) I'm in another country, a country very far away. But it was such a great experience. It's different culturally, Mm. too. So a lot of people there, like respect is a big thing. Um, so I remember like people would, they would bow and it, it's just a really beautiful, beautiful culture. And, you know, it, it was interesting because then coming from New York, like I didn't see any homelessness on the street there. Mm. I didn't see any. So like family is also a big part of culture and taking part of fam- taking care of family. Um, yeah. And there was, there wasn't that much unhealthy food. That's also another thing I remembered. And then <laughs> lastly, I remembered that they loved gospel music and they loved um, like influential black artists and musicians from America, like jazz musicians and things yeah. like that. Like they were very knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah, it's always surprising to hear. I mean, to hear that, um, that in other countries, they're very fond of of certain american things like jazz or even like hip-hop and and, and that yeah. sort of culture like there are sneakerheads in japan like you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. totally a thing and um and just, it's funny you mentioned food it's like even their version of like unhealthy food is still healthier than our healthy food like oh, it's... yeah well don't even get started on that Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh so once you were in college at, was there at any point because i feel like everyone sort of goes through this in some capacity uh once you were in college if things got tough did it ever seem like you like did you ever think like maybe this isn't for me let's explore something else oh yeah oh yeah I had a lack of confidence Mm. (laughs) in college I think that it came from possibly not getting casts and productions or you know just being thousands of miles away what was it thousands no it was probably like 500 miles or something like that. no <laughs> wait no no it was thousands of miles away from your family um and you know being out on your own and having to learn to be an an adult you get scared yeah you you start thinking like am i doing the right thing am i good enough um can I do this? Should I do this? Should I, I started making backup plans. Mm. Like I, I started thinking, okay, well I could do accounting and I could get my MBA. And, but you know, now I realize like, no, like I, <laughs> I came there to do one thing, one thing only, and that was to get a degree in musical theater. And that's what I want to do. Um, and I did do that. <laughs> I did musical theater and Eventually, I wanted to branch out, kind of ease my way, because I started with just music, mm-hmm. and then I did musical theater, yeah. and then straight acting. But why not do all three? You right. know, like the sky's the limit. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, but there was there was a many tough moments, especially feeling like you're alone or yeah, yeah. and then like the being in a a bad relationship that also didn't help at all like it didn't help my mental health 
um, and feeling depressed or feeling just, but I'm glad that I was able to, to get out of that. And to then my senior year, I was, I was able to focus solely on myself, picking myself back up, building my confidence and also having teachers that, that were there for me and understood what I was going through. Yeah, I think that having that sort of support group or that that support system in place, whether it's with mentors or teachers or just your fellow artists is super important. I feel like it's something that isn't talked about too, too much, you know, like finding your little mm -hmm. tribe of support right. to, to celebrate not just the victories, but also the losses and the lulls because Lord knows you book something, you're on this high and then dry spell mm -hmm. for Lord right. knows how long, you know. Exactly, especially with COVID. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and, and and it's with any avenue because you could do like a Broadway show for two years and then you don't work for, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, exactly nine or something. Uh, exactly, that's why the like financial knowledge and knowing how to manage your finances is important, and also mm -hmm. having a, a foundation and really knowing yourself, believing in yourself, and having strength because it comes from you like yeah. no one else is going to to I mean people can say like oh you did a you did a great job or like they could give you advice but you are the you are the person that's your biggest like support system so right. you you if you know if other people are telling you bad things like why would you do that to yourself you know mm. so you really have to love yourself first, support yourself and, and make this foundation strong um, in order to, to last through the ups and the downs and the highs and lows. Yeah. Cause with, with, I mean, with everything that happened with COVID, so many people were left alone for, for so long. And mm -hmm. if you didn't have like a little system in place already, it's going to be even harder to find one. Cause you can't socialize. You can't go out and meet new people. Um, right. Like dating, like what? Yeah. Who? I don't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. hard so take the time to focus on yourself and better your mental health your physical sure. health and well-being that's what i've been yeah. doing yeah and and finding uh interests and hobbies beyond your art because when you can't right. do your art you're gonna go crazy that's something that uh, a past guest on the show talked about how a lot of her friends were having like these huge identity crises when they weren't able to perform for once you got to three months they're like oh my god how much longer is this gonna go on and mm -hmm. um you know started having like breakdowns not knowing like who they were or what else they could do oh, because yeah. all they did was eat sleep and that breathe, was me performing yeah <laughs> that was me this time i i got a job i was like you know what I, my unemployment is probably gonna run out soon this was before they extended it um mm. so this was like in november and i was like what am i gonna do like let me i need to find a job and so i ended up uh working at a restaurant and oh my god i had never been a server before mm. but lord do i have like so much respect <laughs> so much respect every day my body would just be aching and it was worse it was worse than the first week i would think on west side story dancing <laughs> <laughs> or or the whole run of west side story yeah. that we had like dancing i was like what i had to get a foot massager i had to get a back massager i was like oh no i had to get different insoles for my shoes it was mm. a lot of work it was a lot of work um but um but then after that i was another up came so mm. then i got the the call about equalizer and i still kind of wanted to have the serving job just in case yeah but they told me no you know <laughs> Um, we need people to be here, you know, we're not flexible. So I said, okay. Oh, the job <laughs> said that? Really? Yeah. Yeah. They said that. Yeah. You'd think that every restaurant in New York would be like, all right, you know, every two out of three of my servers are actors. So you got to get used to. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately. So you really, they really just were like, okay, no, you have to leave. Like, you know. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't tell me, like they didn't fire me, but I yeah. had to. To, yeah. Right. I have found myself more in the world of television than a theater. I haven't auditioned for anything Broadway related just because once I got to New York, 
I was like, okay, time to be a big boy and, and go get, find a job. So I started working at a gym. Um, and then, cause financial stability was my, was my one thing. I, I made a, a promise to myself. You're not going to ask mom and dad for rent money ever, mm-hmm. never. And you're not going to move out just to be like, Hey, I still need help. Cause then it's like, why'd you move? Right. You know? Exactly. Funny thing. I worked at a gym too, while in oh, really? Dear Hansen. I oh, really? <laughs> at Equinox. Cause I was like, I want to join a gym, but I'm not paying for that. So yeah. let me get a free membership by working from that. <laughs> so while you were in Dear Evan Hansen, you were also still working at a gym. Yes. I got but a job were, working at a gym. You were, yeah. were you in the show full time? I was, I was a standby. I was a standby in the show. Um, but I worked like days that I knew that I had off or that Mm. that I probably wasn't going to have rehearsal because we had rehearsal at least like three times a week. And then we had to be there for, you know, during all the shows. Yeah. I I just wanted to save up some extra money and get a free gym membership. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about like how you found yourself transitioning from the world of Broadway and then going over to television because prior to Equalize, you had you done on camera stuff before? Um, I've done on camera things, but with my in school and and right. with with my gospel choir, like with we were on um, we sung behind like Chance the Rapper on the Jimmy Fallon show or, you know, the eight good morning America, you know, things like that, that kind of on camera work and performing, but it was singing like solos and things like that. Not acting. Well, you should act when you sing, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're playing a character necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. So how was that experience for you? Did you have like a little bit of trouble sort of dialing it back a little bit as what TV calls for versus how much, theater demands for oh yeah I mean I I tried to do as much preparation beforehand by by taking on-camera classes and I took them with Heidi Marshall's studio um I really love her classes so just to get used to like working in front of a camera and even like a zoom class like this is a camera you know um but when getting on set there were times especially when I had to get more emotional where my movement would be too fast. And, and so the director mm. would say, Liz, I think Liz said about 10 times one time, Lorna, just smaller, please. <laughs> just can you, can you dial it? And I thought I was doing it smaller, mm. but on, cause on stage, you know, you have to use your full range of motion. Right. Back but row. On camera, <laughs> yeah. On camera, you intentionally have to slow your movement down so that the camera can follow you and keep mm. up. And you also, it also can't be that big, which I'm still learning. I'm still learning. <laughs> so, um, you know, now, but after that, I now watch TV and film differently. I can't, I can't watch it the same way. I can't just like sit back and enjoy it. I'm always like, oh, <laughs> like that, that, that was probably filmed first before this other scene. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I just watch for, for, for little things like continuity or, yeah. or, oh yeah, that actor is like moving slower, like just, just trying to catch things. So yeah. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. My boyfriend hates me for it because I'll be like, do you see those glass panels in the back? You see how they're angled? That's because they don't want to catch the cameraman and the reflection or the catch exactly. the studio lights. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or like, because there was a, a handful of shows that prior to like w- working on shows as a principal, mm-hmm. um, I would work as um, as an extra just because I wanted to get some like experience and whatnot. Yeah. So I ended up ruining all these things. I mean, you guys know this whole set's fake or that elevator doesn't go anywhere. It's not a real elevator. Oh my <laughs> like, you God. know, just ruining all of the magic for people. It was I so know. funny. We can't watch it ever. Yeah. Like it can't be the same ever again. Yeah. Once you're on set, you're like, Oh my God, this scene must've taken for hours. There's 10 people in the scene. They've all got oh, their yeah. own, their own coverage and then the wide shot. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. I've been on sets any- like that where it's like one scene, 10 hours. You're like, exactly. What? All day. Yeah. And, and the next day. Yeah. So. For <laughs> yep. And you got to remember where was, what was I doing yesterday? Which hand was I using to, and you're like, where's the script right. supervisor? What was I doing yesterday? Mm-hmm. So Gosh. different. Yeah. So, so different. Cause you know, with- but it's interesting yeah. because like there was, 
film in this new version of West Side Story. So we mm. we did integrate film. Some of the things were pre-recorded, but a lot of it was the whole show was like recorded on screen for the audience. We couldn't see ourselves, which is good. But um, but it was it's more so like like a movie musical sort of situation. Mm. Like you're still doing, you're not making it smaller really, but you're just making sure that um, that the formations look pretty, like the dance formations look nice yeah. on camera or yeah, it was more about the the choreography and how that would look on camera. So hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was a really interesting concept they did with the revival was, was making it sort of multimedia almost mm -hmm. um, and, and whatnot. Um, remind me, I, I forgot to look this up, but the run of the show, you guys closed before COVID or you guys had to close because of COVID? We closed because of COVID. Gotcha. So we closed on March 12th. Yeah. Gotcha. And we were originally supposed to open on the 7th, but then it got pushed back to the 21st because Isaac uh, got an injury, had an injury. Right. So. I remember, I remember reading about that. Yeah, and yeah. that also made us ineligible because the, the the date. It also made us ineligible for the Tonys this year. That's crazy. <laughs> right. I mean, are so. the Tonys even have like it's the, isn't Aaron Tveit like the only nominee for a male actor in a musical? I'm like, they got three shows to pick from. Like, mm -hmm. this year is very weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you've got Jagged Little Pill, uh, Moulin Rouge, and so many other shows mm -hmm. didn't open. They didn't open right. in time. So many other shows were in previews or. So I wanted to go back a little bit and talk about mental health because you did write that as mm. like something you wanted to shed a little light on. Yeah. Um, mental health and dating uh, is what yeah. you've written specifically. Um, so yeah, what can you, what can you tell us about that? Right. So in college, I, my freshman year, I got into this relationship and it was pretty psychologically abusive um but I think being young and him being older and had already graduated college and me not really having my family I kind of I got like I stuck to him like it was mm -hmm. like a for for comfort or for um just because I was scared you know mm -hmm. I was scared of of going through college alone and I didn't have anyone um, but it it really uh, took a toll on my mental health because there were like I stopped believing in myself um, he would make me choose between basically like being with him or hanging out with my friends so I wasn't close to really I distanced myself from my own like MT family within yeah. the school. And there's only, there's only like 20, 23 people per class. So there's like 20 of us per um, grade. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't really close to any of them. I tried to get closer after I left the relationship, but um, it, it was hard. I, and I told you that I had family. I had an, an aunt and uncle in Ann Arbor but when I was dating him, I wasn't even, it's not like I wasn't allowed to, but I'm sure it felt when that you're way. in, when you're in, yes, yeah. when you're in relationships like that, they, they take you away from, from family mm. or from, you know, and try and isolate you. So going through, um, like I started making decisions like like thinking that I would stay in Ann Arbor and that I would try and, and that I would apply to to grad school instead of going and doing what I, I love to do, going to New York, yeah. because he said, I'm not moving to New York. You know, so I, it, it was hard. And I, I would basically be crying every night, like no one in my class knew, none of my teachers knew. Um, and we would constantly argue and fight, but I felt alone. I felt like if I, if I left him, then at that point, I, 
I guess I felt like I gave a lot of time and energy and I felt like I, I loved him. But I, mm. then I realized like, that's not love. It's not love when a person looks you in the eyes and, and calls you a liar when you, you know that you, when you know that they know that you're not lying. So there was, there were some things that were, I think he also had issues too. And, and truthfully, we probably, he probably wasn't ready to be in a relationship and I definitely wasn't ready to be in a relationship that serious to the point where we lived together. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was isolated from all my friends and, and family. So uh, looking back at it, I, I, I believe that everything happens for a reason and it made me stronger. It made me realize who I am and that nobody can take that away from me. What I, what I love and what I want, it got me back on, on track to, to following and trying to achieve my goals and, and, and finding myself again. Mm. Um, yeah. And I actually, once I, I, the day that I left him, I went and I, I called my, my aunt who I hadn't spoken to for some time. And I said, can I come over? And I ended up staying with my family for the rest of my, my school year. And I never had contact with him again. And I, I remember driving and it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I Mm -hmm. never felt so happy before in my life. Yeah. And I had told my teachers too. So they understood what was going on, why I was, quiet in class why I didn't participate why I waited until the last to to perform or to go mm. why I felt like I had no confidence why I would there was just certain things yeah. <laughs> why I didn't show up to some auditions why I didn't yeah. you know yeah so they understood and and then they they helped me and they kind of took me under their wing a little yeah Girl, you're a warrior. You Aww. are amazing. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. But, but yeah, as far as I say, especially in college, like it's about this is this experience is really about you and mm. you growing and transitioning from being a teenager to being an adult. So really focus on on you your studies, whatever you want to study, bettering yourself, changing your studies. If you decided one thing, you want to do another yeah. and having fun, not really getting tied down. I mean, if it, yeah. if it happens and you find love, I mean, that's great. That's great. But remember to, to put yourself first, because this is, it's one of really the only times in our life where we're, where we don't have any, like, um, we don't have to worry about, uh, we don't have, uh, our own family we don't have any other things that that tie us down so we can be free to learn and to enjoy and grow and so throughout college I would then try and um, go to different types of uh, religious like services and and appreciate all religions I would try and uh, study like meditation and do yoga um, and I love doing yoga now. Hmm. Um, I would focus on eating healthy and I, I still do that. And I do these things to, to ground myself and to, to be good to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's always tricky with a lot of situations, including COVID to be like, well, look on the bright side, but you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it sucks. It's so unfortunate. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but you are such a confident young woman. You just have mm-hmm. this light about you and, and girl, you're killing it. I mean, you just had a guest star on that on CBS, you know, with, with Queen Latifah, like, you know, you made it out, Thank you're you. here, you, you made your Broadway debut and then some, <laughs> you know, Oh, thank you so much.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You had written about um, battling stage fright and audition anxiety, mm-hmm. um, financial responsibility, body image and stress for women, and uh, we are a business, as in like the business part of show business. Right. So, right. which do you want to tackle first? <laughs> um, so we could just I we can go in order. So as far as like the stage fright and and audition anxiety, I think that that ties into. Um, confidence in yourself um and the way that you can build confidence i think for me is the way that i build confidence is staying keeping keep learning so i'm i'm in class like when i'm not when i'm not on on set i'm still Mm -hmm. learning i'm in class and i'm i'm building up my my skills and and feeling more confident or just more knowledgeable that i can tackle an audition by myself without the the help of a of a coach or or something like that also <laughs> i think it's i think it yeah that ties into like knowledge is power um knowing the knowing keep reread and read over and over again the script or the play um and base your your choices off of that so that you're confident in your choices and your decisions always come back to the work um, and then for me, <laughs> it's so interesting because I, I didn't feel, I don't feel as nervous auditioning, doing self tapes mm. and, uh, Dude. being on set. Well, the first day I was like really nervous, but then after <laughs> that, not so much. Um, but on stage or auditioning in person, I get, I mean, even in, even this interview right now, I was nervous. Um, at first, <laughs> it still kind of am, but not really. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing, knowing that, like, no, telling yourself, like, yes, I am, I am feeling this way, and it's okay, and you can change that energy that you're feeling into something positive. So instead of associating it with nerves or anxiety, changing it into excitement, and just that that switch. Um, and and yeah that that switch and thinking and thinking about something else too mm. like don't focus on like the hundreds of people that that are waiting for you waiting to see you perform um you can focus on i don't know something about the the character like make up something about the character like what did they do before this like or, mm. or something like that changing yeah. you know changing that in in your mind and uh and referring back and then, you know, doing as much preparation as you can. Mm. That way, whatever happens, happens. And you're in the moment and not in your head. Um, so I'm going to take that advice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when we go back to doing theater. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to at least. Yeah. Um, I love that, that, that um, having that thought of like, what was my character doing right before the scene started? And yeah, even in tapes, moment. yeah. In tapes, it's super helpful um like I, I my poor boyfriend he's not an actor but i subject him to being my reader for all of my tapes so yeah <laughs> but yours is an actor <laughs> no no he's not no oh. <laughs> poor thing he's a lawyer he's a he works oh. for the federal government doing um dealing with sexual assault domestic violence survivors okay. and and children wow. but but yeah, but he's he's my reader. He's <laughs> a great person. <laughs> if we get a courtroom scene, you're gonna have an amazing reader, though. Exactly, he gets <laughs> to explain all of the different jargon. <laughs> yeah, I always tell him that, like, whenever we start, I always tell him like count down to five, and then give me like five seconds to get into it, because right, we don't want your countdown to be in the tape, but you also don't want to start right at the first line. You want there to be like. Mm-hmm. just a moment it's like the opposite of a button because the button's at the end you know right. so this is like the pre-button mm-hmm. um 
which then, you just finished doing. Exactly. But then equally at the end is just as important. You don't want to end it with just that last. You want like a facial reaction, a movement, a thought, something to, mm -hmm. you want that button at the end. Otherwise it's right. just the dialogue and it's like, exactly. it's not enough. And entice yeah. the viewer. Like what mm. are they going to do next? Like, yeah. Know. You want to continue watching. Exactly. At the, exactly. I love that. Mm -hmm. You want casting to watch the tape and be like, Oh, interesting. Little, what was, what was that? What was that look at the end they gave? You know, it's right. like, yeah, for sure. Wanting to like to to entice the audience, mm -hmm. especially since casting is your very first audience besides your reader. But yes, they're more of the crew. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, in terms of uh, financial responsibility, um, yeah. what could you um, share well, about I, that? I love this one because I I really do love numbers. Um, and I didn't grow up like knowing anything about um, being financially responsible or how to manage money. But I would say uh, the first thing that I started to do in college was listen to Susie Orman's podcast, Women and Money, mm -hmm. and Men Smart Enough to Listen. Uh, <laughs> so love I, I love, love, love her podcast because she talks about um, like, one, having an emergency fund. And mm. if it was not for Susie Orman, I wouldn't have had an emergency fund for this. I had yeah. an eight month emergency fund. Um, well, I actually saved up enough to cover expenses for a whole year. Mm. And the fact that's, that's the thing, working on Broadway, you know that you never know when your show is going to close. Right. It can close the next day. It could close in two weeks. You, you, you never know. Yeah. Or it could run for 10 years. So you always want to be prepared and, and live by your means. I remember people being on the show and some of them would, now they know, oh, okay, I got a job. I got a job. I'm working right. on Broadway. Okay. I could, they would order for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They would order out. Yeah. They would find like an expensive apartment and live alone. And, you know, I think it's fine to live alone, but just like be real, realistic. Yeah. You know? Um, so Yes, being able to, to save your expenses, whatever your expenses would be for a full year, that includes things like rent and food and your bills, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. At least save that in an emergency fund in a, in a try and find a savings account that is a, a, a high yielding savings account. Um, I, I used Fitness Bank because it's it's a pretty cool thing where like they they give you a higher rate of return based on how much you walk during the day or how active you are oh really so that's, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it so i found that and that was cool um also that's funny. i wasn't sure if you said fitness did you say fitness, fitness bank fitness okay bank. and that's why that's yeah. great <laughs> yeah um and i was like oh that's perfect that's perfect for an actor or a dancer or, you yeah. know um and also thinking about retirement. So, you know, mm. if if an actor is fortunate to to be a part of Actors Equity or SAG-AFTRA, they'll have um, like they'll they'll get it's like a, an annuity at once you hit like retirement age. But you also want to to be able to invest your money and whatever you want to invest in, not just the um, whatever. You, you, you know, if you do a 401k through, through your job, there's maybe like three options, not even like two or three options that they give you and you have no control mm -hmm. over picking like where you put your money, really. Um, so what I do is I, I have a Roth IRA and it's different from a traditional IRA in the sense that a Roth IRA uses after tax money. So you've already been taxed on this money. Um, and now you get to take your money and put it in this financial instrument, a Roth IRA. I, mine is with Fidelity, but you know, there's a whole bunch. You could do Charles Schwab. You can do, um, oh, what was the other one? I can't even think of it. Whatever. You could, you know, you could do your research. Um, but putting it into, putting it into a Roth IRA, we don't know what, what tax level we're going to be at by the time we retire. Right, we don't know what the tax uh, law is going to be, so it's better to to know use what you know now, money that has already been taxed, put it into a financial instrument, and 
then you could take, you could actually take out, I wouldn't recommend it because it's your retirement money, but you could take out money that you've put in without being taxed, without any penalties or anything like that. But the money, the interest that you have gained cannot be taken out until you're 59 and a half. Mm. The interest that your money has earned, but the money that you've put in can be taken out at any time because it's your money and it was already taxed. So there are certain income like limits and things like that. So I would advise people to continue to look into that. But that's um, that's helped me. You could only so for people our age, um, we can put up to six thousand dollars a year. That's five hundred dollars a month. So if you you know about uh, if you if you you could set aside however much you can. You could start small. Like mm-hmm. when I was in college, the first year I put in a thousand dollars or something like that, and that's what I could afford when I was mm-hmm. when I was working because I was always working when I was in college. Um, but time is your friend because of compound interest. So I, I, I'm a nerd when it comes to this thing, but the earlier you do it, the better, the earlier you do it, the better, because your money just keeps compounding and it's your money and you have a little safety net, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's amazing. So I would say that yes, a high yielding savings account, a, a a Roth IRA, um, and have a checking checking account. I, I I do not advise people to to only have one type of account and you know where they put everything all together because yeah. then you end up using money that you're going to need to pay bills because we're especially now I don't know if you have done this but with COVID I've been ordering off of Amazon like every almost every day but this year I said stop. <laughs> I said stop yeah. with uh COVID, I had a little bit. I don't even remember. I mean, I had my old laptop just like exploded. So I had to like get a new one. And that was a big, not literally, but it sounded like it would. If I was, if I had like two tabs open, it sounded like it was about to launch into space. The fan was just like, I was like, oh my God, my laptop, there it goes. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you might need a new battery. Look into that. Yeah. Getting a new battery. Oh, well, I already got, I I got this laptop. Okay. You did. Okay. Eight months ago or like right when I moved back to the city. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the old one was pushing 10 years. I got it my freshman year of college. And I'm like, Macs are not built to last 10 years. So this this really pushed. <laughs> I, I milked this out until I could. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, you know, like with the unemployment bumps that we got, like, thank you, federal government, for that extra right. money that we got. But right. it's like I got to, um, I opened a Acorns account. So yeah. I have money in stocks and bonds now. I uh, opened a Robinhood account. I mean, Ooh. I bought stocks in GameStop at one point. Um, oh, oh, I'm sure oh. you heard about it. Because <laughs> I'm on the Reddits. Uh, but yeah, and um, you know, managed to get things that I needed for a while. I was back, got back in a classroom for the first time since college. Ooh, Did like a wow. self-tape class to, because I was like, because I, I got my first manager during the, during like the height of the pandemic in like okay. June in May or June they reached out mm-hmm. um for, for consideration and they started getting me auditions I'd never really done self-tapes that frequently mm-hmm. before I did like oh, one yeah. a month maybe yeah. so yeah I had to invest in like a couple lights and some other equipment and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. okay necessity for the job and, and all that stuff yeah um because I finally had a team behind me that was able to get me in the room i feel exactly. like that phrase is gonna die out too because we're not in, a, in the room anymore <laughs> in the um, zoom <laughs> <laughs> um how do you but feel about zoom in. auditions have you have you had to do any over zoom like oh, your callback oh, um, for for equalizer was it over yes, tape or was yes it zoom? my my callback was over over zoom at first it was with the casting directors and then it was with the director and it was over Zoom. So, I mean, at that point, I had been taking Zoom classes and doing this, and we had practiced having Zoom auditions. Like, so I was like, oh, this is easy. Like, I know, okay, I got a pin. I got to pin her, hide myself, you. Like, I know how to do it. And then I had to tell them what, like, okay, if you do this, I had to tell the casting directors <laughs> because it was new to them, but I had yeah. been taking classes on this. Um, so, I mean, it, it felt less scary than mm. an actual audition because I'm still like in the comfort of my own home, you know, right. 
So I think that's what that's what helps. And sometimes when you do auditions in person, people say to take something to ground you, to have something in your hand that that mm. reminds you of home or something mm -hmm. like that. And now I can I can see why they they say that because when I actually am at home and auditioning, I I feel more relaxed. That ties into uh, it kind of ties into like treating us as a business, mm -hmm. you know. So if I can't talk about that, go ahead, girl. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> so yes, like we as as artists and as actors need to think of ourselves as a business. And you were saying that over yeah. this pandemic, you you've had to invest in certain things, like you know, in order to do Zoom auditions. Just so I I had to invest in this mic and and these lights and this and this backdrop. I was yeah. a little late on this on this one though because it was more <laughs> expensive. I should have gotten this first. At first, yeah. I had the the sheet, and I was like, oh yeah. dang, it's so like wrinkled and it takes it's bulky. It takes yeah. a lot of space. But um, but this is the one that um that folds into a circle. Yeah, you know, and it has double double uh double sides. two colors yeah right. um yeah so, so to anyone listening avoid the fabric ones because you have to iron it every single time you want to use it and it's never uh, gonna look perfect never um, so either do those like collapsible ones that you right. can roll into the circle or the paper backdrops so that um like the yeah. i have those for photography mm -hmm. um because i haven't done photography in so long but i used to do like headshots and some like some of that kind of stuff mm. um and like, if it gets dirty, if it gets ripped, you literally just cut across and roll out more. It's like gift wrap. It's just oh, like this great. giant roll of, of, of paper, but it's like really sturdy. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. Do you prefer so, the gray or the blue? Cause I feel like um, the gray I, I like as a neutral and the blue, I would only do if it's like, if it's maybe comedic or if mm. it's so, I would say fantastical to the point where because the blue is, is essentially like a, a green screen. Right. So if the, if in the, the movie or whatever, or the, the TV show, they would use a lot of green screens, then maybe I would do that one. But otherwise I, I just use the, the gray as a neutral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah. So if, if you, I, what I try to do is I try to, to, if I am going to buy something, I try to, to buy something that would, would help me as an actor mm. um, in some way. So all of the classes that I've been taking, yes, it gets expensive. Or if they're like coachings or anything like that, yeah, they get it, it, it can get expensive. But I, I think of it <laughs> in my head, I tell myself like, I'm, I'm investing in, uh, in my education, I'm investing in myself and I believe in myself and therefore I know that it, it will pay off. And, and not all auditions, I, I use a coach um, because some of the auditions, you know, you get for the next day. Right. <laughs> or yeah. In two Horrible. Days. Right. Or yeah. same day. Or same day. Oof. Not a oh, fan of wow. those. I had one of those the other day. I was like, I got three. I was at work. I was like, all right, we're going to the supply closet, front of the gray door. I'm gonna that stack up my phone on a bunch of Gatorade, like stacks of Gatorade, and just come on now, come yeah. on. And then I used one and of the so, self tape apps and was just like, "All right, who can be my reader?" And great, yeah. honestly, I hated yeah. it, but I hope it never happens again. But I was right. I know, but I've heard stories, you know, like doing it in the bat in the hotel bathroom mm -hmm. or this one. I was watching this this thing on on SAG after website, and the casting director said that they one of the most memorable auditions they've ever looked at was where the guy <laughs> he did the audition in his car and he told the reader it's because the the kids are loud and he just made it a part of his uh a part of the the audition so she said that she never forgot that um but yes yeah, so you're so having a website and and going getting an actor's access account mm -hmm. oh, i think the account is free but then the if you submit yourself for things it ends up adding up so it's just better to get the actors access yeah. plus especially when you're first starting out um things like headshots and uh things like that so if i took a during my spring break i took a, a class that i recommend people take it's it's a free class and ensemble artists teach it and the business of acting so they they break down and they explain 
very, very great. They also have a, a website too, um, ensembleartistsnyc.org slash business of acting, but you could just do like the dot org. Mm. Um, they explain that, like, you know, if you make a goal and say, okay, I'm going to book, I only need to book two commercials and three uh, background um, like roles a month in order to, to, to pay rent and to, you know, in order to, to just make ends meet. <laughs> mm. But if I do more than that, then my, my business will then be profitable. Like it will, it will go from being in the, in the negatives from having to spend money on, on all business expenses, like your headshots right. and things like that to then saying, okay, if I, if I, if I set a goal to just do this, um, then my business could, could then be profitable. And that's like one of them, like no, really no other business can, can do that so quickly. And so I guess like spend like the least amount of money in your business to, mm. to then get the biggest result possible. You know, like there's a yeah. lot of possibilities within being an actor within being a, a performing artist. So that, that class, I, I feel like I need to, I would love to take it over again. And it's, <laughs> and again, it's free. Um, but, uh, but yeah, treating, treating ourselves like a business. And then, you know, eventually when, when we make, when we have a steady gig, when we have a steady gig, mm -hmm. I would suggest going to an, uh, an entertainment lawyer and, you know, thinking about incorporating, um, yeah. because you can then deduct all those business expenses that you can no longer do on, um, when you're like an, an individual, because yeah. I think they got rid of like schedule C or something like that. But, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are a business and yeah. we, we have to market ourselves. What we put out there is, is very important because this is, we represent, you know, whatever we put out there on social media, you have to think like you're, that's your business that you're yeah. representing, you're representing yourself. So if you don't want your mama to see it, then you wouldn't want <laughs> the casting director to see it, you right. know? Um, and what you say too, it can come back at you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could circle back at you. So you just, you want to treat others like how you would want to be treated. Um, and remember gratitude is really important. Um, and uh, yeah, and staying, staying positive, um, staying positive and investing, keep investing in your, in yourself, in, in your business, mm. um, because eventually you'll see that things will come from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, a thousand percent agree. It's um, so important for actors to view themselves as a business because, and as a brand, like you were saying about social media, um, you know, it's there. I feel like there are so many stories of people losing out on jobs on very family friendly networks. Like if your Instagram looks a certain way, Disney Channel might not want to hire you or Nickelodeon or any of these other, even if it's just a voiceover job, it's like someone's going to look in the credits and go look you up and see some stuff on your social media and it's right. gonna it could you know it could shoot yourself in the foot just because of like a couple posts on your instagram your that what might be your most recent posts on like your story that day or something you know like right. um it's just super important to really stay on top of stuff like that um mm -hmm. because you know you think of like celebrities now they have to very with everything going on with the me too movement and times up and everything like that like people are being held accountable and it's across mm -hmm. the board it's not just yep men it's not just white people it's everybody everybody's being yeah. held accountable for what they're yeah. saying for what they do if you mess up it's gonna come back and uh and haunt you mm -hmm. um so i don't want to take up too much more of your time uh so yeah. we're gonna head into our rapid fire round oh gosh um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I get I one of two that. reactions it's either oh god <laughs> or oh cool <laughs> um so uh, I call. I used to call it like rapid fire round, but I call it getting to know you as if we haven't gotten to know you for the last hour now. Um, little nod to Roger's Hermerson there. 
so we're gonna start with coffee or tea. Tea. Plays I or hate musicals. Coffee, actually. What? We can't Ooh. be friends. <laughs> um, I didn't grow up with it. Um, okay. Uh, musicals. Uh, hero or villain? hero <laughs> uh tv or film Ooh, tv if you could be in the revival of any show which would it be is a musical show or uh either one okay if it is a musical in the heights <laughs> uh what tv show would you like to be a guest star on Ooh, what tv show would i like to be a guest star on well you know, I'm gonna say the one that I'm that I auditioned for just the other day, All American the Reboot. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, who is your dream co-star? Ooh, a dream co-star. Hmm, Audra McDonald, but she she's yeah, she's my everything. <laughs> Good choice though. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a secret talent? A secret talent? Oh, mm. I don't, honestly, I, I, I don't think so. I'm just like, I'm just a little crazy. That, that's all. <laughs> I like, I like making weird noises and I like just being goofy and stuff so I can make silly faces. Like, yeah, I often do without even knowing it. <laughs> uh, what's a movie that never fails to make you laugh? You know what? I'm I'm going to say the original Coming to America. I love oh. it because it takes place in Queens and that's where I'm from. And I I can't wait until the it comes out in on the 5th. So Yeah. I'm <laughs> so in 2 days it's really that soon. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, that movie is so damn funny when just really quick mm-hmm. in in the trailer where they showed them going back to the barbershop. I was like, "Yes!" Oh, yes. It was so cuz like, it's oh like and again, because it's Arsenio and Eddie playing all those characters, I'm like, how long did it take to film this scene? Again, talking oh, about yeah. breaking it down. Oh, probably weeks. Especially, <laughs> especially like in the in the original when it was the mm-hmm. 80s and their prosthetics mm-hmm. and all that stuff was not that advanced as it is now. Right. I mean, even the cameras itself. Like. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. They had like yeah. just these giant things. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a movie that never fails to make you cry? Ooh, the lovely bones. I don't know if you've seen that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that one makes me. I honestly, I cry a lot. Like I cry <laughs> in happy movies and in sad yeah. movies. So about probably like seventy five percent of the time, I'm crying when I watch a movie. Period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your most recent binge watch? Oh, the most recent one. Hmm. You know what? I can tell you what I will be binge watching. <laughs> the Handmaid's Tale. When that comes out in mm. April, I am binge watching binge watching the whole entire season if it, if it comes out all at once because I love that show. Such a good show. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is your favorite TV show? Oh, my favorite TV show. <sighs> Let's see. I don't know if I... Honestly, I, I feel like I can't pick one favorite one because I like watching like every time I watch tv now I try and watch a a new tv show one that I haven't watched or that came out before I was born or you know or when I was really little so oh but never mind I have a favorite (laughs) lost have you seen lost no I haven't (gasps) I know all about it everyone talks about it how the first season's amazing and then it's just downhill after the first couple seasons well, I, I mean, yes, the, the last season is a bit, uh, but the writing is just, I mean, the concept is yeah. amazing and it, it's, it's really great. I, I can watch it again. Probably. I've already watched all of them twice, like all of the episodes twice. <laughs> um, what film franchise do you want to join? I always said that I wanted to be in a Tyler Perry like movie <laughs> in like a Medea or something like yeah. that. Because I just, I loved them. <laughs> like, they were so great. I had so, so many on I, DVD. Yeah. Love so those. I would probably want to be in a, in a Medea, <laughs> Medea movie if it, if it comes back. I think he said that he's done, but 
we'll see. What is the worst side job that you've had? I've had a lot of like jobs, but I'm grateful that I've, I've liked a lot of them, but I would say I loved serving, but it was just, it was very hard on my body mm. like that. So I would just say for physical reasons, I've never had to endure that much pain. Yeah. <laughs> like physical pain. Yeah. not in West Side Story dancing every night not, <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah I don't that miss bartending it. for the same reason right. just a lot a lot of a lot of that <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, who is someone that you'd want to trade places with for one day um trading places for one day if I could trade places with anyone oh this is so interesting I mean the first person that came to my mind was actually my mom because she works at a school for the deaf. So she works with, mm. with children, with deaf children. And I just thought, I, I mean, if I, if I wasn't an actor, I mean, I could probably still be a, a teacher at some point to like a professor in college, but mm. I, I would love to, to teach and, and have that experience being in a classroom. So I think I would, I would want to know what she does every day. Like mm. what, yeah. And I thought, I think that would be that would be cool. And also then I would just know sign language <laughs> just <laughs> automatically. <laughs> uh, when were you the most starstruck? This show, The Equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> With Queen Latifah. Queen. Yeah, I, I was so starstruck. I didn't even know like what to say. Like I didn't <laughs> want to, like I waited for her to talk to me yeah. or to, to, you know, try and to make jokes first because I, I was just so starstruck. They didn't yeah. want to say anything that would be not cool or right. she wouldn't like. Uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? Huh, that's interesting. I I would think it, it probably had to be in high school during In the Hives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was it was that one because it was the first time I I like was a, a lead in a in a show. So that was a new experience for me, but also the script and the people, like it was just fun from start to finish. Like no matter how late we, we had to stay, it was just so fun. <laughs> gotcha. And uh, last question, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young performer? Be true to yourself and have fun. Thank you, Lorna, so much for, for coming on the show. Uh, where can people find you on social media? on on instagram it's l lorna courtney so uh there's two l's in the beginning uh twitter is the same um i don't have tiktok yet although <laughs> all the youngins have it no yeah i'm too old i'm still for tiktok i can't i don't even have a, i mean i have a snapchat but it's not even on my phone thank you all so much for listening you can follow us on instagram at actors with issues a big thank you to our sponsor anchor for supporting the show head over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast 100 free and if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review wherever you're listening catch new episodes every friday on all podcasting platforms i'm Juaniala, and we'll see you next week Woohoo!